you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, this is a creative church podcast, and, well, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. Welcome to episode 32 of I Crying Corners. We kicked off season four last week with Nomad Gangster of the Wilderness, and it's based off my new book that actually comes out in about 40 days. Um, yep, I'm freaking out. Uh, anyways, um, pretty much it's, uh, this has been crazy, guys. I've been up since like 4.30 a.m. this morning finalizing things and sending manuscripts and spent the last three weeks redesigning things and changing things and because I'm super OCD and it's just been an incredibly emotional couple weeks, especially an emotional day today as um, I sent everything off. And so I cannot wait to share this book with you. I feel like, I really feel like it, it was a message that changed my life and my prayers that it'll change people's lives that encounter it. But if you are new to the podcast and you're like, I thought you were talking about crying in corners, I, I am kind of. So uh, real quick recap, because I love recaps and I love lists. Season one of the podcast is the foundation. Season two are the things you need to, sir, um, I don't know, maintain that foundation. Season three are the things that are not a thing. And those are the things that keep uh, everything that um, I feel like season three kind of keeps our focus and um, season four, uh, I was going to continue that. I am going to continue that with the things that actually are a thing, but it was so um, timely that uh, I was actually releasing the book at the same time that I was launching a season, and I really wanted to give at least four weeks to talk a little bit about the book and why I wrote it and why it matters and how it pertains to you and um, why I think it's important, why the message is important. So if you have, or you're just catching up right now, um, yeah, go back and listen to season one. Uh, you can listen to each season um, by itself, um, but they do build on each other. So um, if you're just jumping in right now, go back and listen to last week. So at least you have an understanding of why I wrote the book. Um, I did cry through the entire um, podcast. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I do that a lot. So uh, anyways, I just want to jump on in this week um, because I believe that a spiritual nomadic existence is um, what I think we're called to. And uh, so I'm taking the next few weeks to just really drop this um, bomb and give you context before the book drops. Uh, last week, we talked about uh, why the message even matters. Um, well, understanding your role, understanding your purpose changes the direction of your life. I'm going to say that again, that understanding your role and your purpose changes the direction of your life. There's something about understanding what God has put you on this earth to do. I talk about it a lot in several different podcasts about how you're called to love God and love people. But what if you knew how to do that even when things were hard? What if you knew how to love God and love people well, so well that the people are able to model how you do that? And that's what the book is all about. It sheds light on the truth behind wilderness seasons. And it's equipping people, of course, to thrive not only in exiles, but uh, the wilderness seasons of life. You know what? Uh, hmm. You end up with people of purpose instead of people of seeking purpose when you become a nomad. And I think this entire world is out trying to find their purpose, build purpose, give people purpose, when instead uh, 
Really, we just need to be living out our purpose, which is loving God and loving people. So that's why it matters. It matters to you because purpose is uh, it's a game changer. It's a, it's a, it's a map, kind of. Um, but because this message equips, I wanted to make sure that um, oh, I talked about it on the podcast. Um Ah, it saves people from crying in the corners of life, you know, uh, the actual corners that you actually need to be in. The message of Nomad is very much the same as I cry in corners. Is it's really just equipping you to be better, equipping you to love Jesus more, equipping you to see people through a different perspective. And you are more than your wilderness season and struggles. And uh, God uses the wilderness and the struggle to sharpen you and um, to give us perspective and draw us closer to him. That's why the wilderness is important. I think the wilderness gets a bad rap. Uh, last week, I gave you a glimpse of why I wrote the book and why it mattered. Uh, quick recap. Again, I like recaps and I like lists. Uh, it mattered because uh, I'm a product of exile. Yeah, like my grandparents and my parents are exiles. Um, not only am I a product of exile in my real life, but the Lord walked me through my own spiritual exile when I experienced an incredible loss. And though the loss... Um, through the loss, he taught me how to thrive and what is usually referred to as a wilderness season. Uh, wilderness seasons, wilderness seasons get a bad rap. I just said this like two seconds ago. Um, but this week, I want to talk about why thriving in the wilderness is so important. And um, and I know that the Bible and in life gives like the desert and, and the, well, they all have a negative connotation and they, they, they're negative, right? Of course, Jesus was sent to a wilderness and he was tempted. Uh, the Israelites escaped slavery and then wandered a friggin' wilderness. John the Baptist was all alone and a bit crazy in a wilderness. I mean, the wilderness has always been and looked uh, like a place where you'll be broken down, uh, left alone and surrounded by crazies. But I believe that the wilderness is not something we should run from, but instead I believe it's something we should run to. Yep, I said it. You need to run towards the wilderness. Wilderness is you need to be embraced in life. I wrote this down, um, I would say maybe 10 years ago, I have it written in my Bible. I have a little piece of paper that looks like yellow at this point. Anyways, I put wildernesses are a region that is that are unhabited, uncultivated, and inhospitable. Now, why the heck would Chadi be telling you to go into a place that is uninhabited, uncultivated, and inhospitable? Um, because uh, oh, things happen in places uh, and, and, and in people and in situations where God can actually be the one to be glorified. And uh, so when I say go into places that are uninhabited, yes, you're going to feel alone, but God will teach you that you're never alone. And when God pushes you out into places where, um, geez, that are hard, um, it's in those places where you can hear him the most clear because the voices that are now speaking to you are gone. You know, it's uncultivated. You got to be a trailblazer. You got to be a person with mission and vision to be able to go out into wilderness seasons and see the right things, see the people, see the pitfalls. Inhospitable. There's a lot of times I, I look at the life of Jesus and the life of the disciples and the things that happened in his life, and they were just not really accepted. There's a lot of things in your life. Everyone in the world wants to be accepted. Everyone in the world wants to be some kind of influencer. But the truth is, people that are nomads, people that are loving God and loving people, people that are um, 
surrender to the call of Christ, they will uh, probably not be uh, able to fit in. It's, it's not a like problem. No, they won't be able to fit in because what you're being is a square in a circle, like little or a circle in a square peg. Like you will never fit into this world. Can I just say that real quick? I don't know who's out there who's like, okay, Chadi, that's cool. Cool, cool. I, I love God. I love Jesus, but I really want to be accepted by my peers. I, want, I really, really want to make it in the world. Don't make it in this world. Make it in the kingdom. Like the reality is, is that God's called you to something greater. He's called you to a, um, to go out into hard things and say yes to hard things and to do hard things. And this whole understanding, uh, nomads and understanding, uh, the wilderness, um, is going to be hard. It's always looked like it's been a place uh, where that it breaks you down and it leaves you alone. It's surrounded by crazies. But again, I believe that the wilderness is not something we should run from, but instead run to. I said this last week that our entire lives will be lived in some form of wilderness that I like to call exile. So that's why I highly suggest we get good at navigating the storms, uh, be okay with not fitting in, learn that the watering holes in the trenches are right around the corner, and embrace a nomadic existence. Jesus understood this. That's why he would go away to pray. That's why he was constantly trying to push people to hear the Father because he knew that when he was gone and the Holy Spirit came and things were going to get rough for the early Christians that they needed to understand that not everything was going to be easy. Simply put, we're, we are garden people. We were always meant to be garden people, living amongst eternity and its glory, and there was no death and no decay and no lack. And then Eve believed a lie. Then sin came into the world and it changed everything. See, Jesus, when he left the disciples, he knew he knew things were going to get rough and there were going to be changes. Ugh. Just like at the beginning in, in, in Eden, the ticking of time began, decay began, and so did our exile into the wilderness. Yep, until we step back into eternity, we are wilderness people. But there's a huge but. We are wilderness people, but we're nomads with purpose. We're not trying to chase our purpose. We're not trying to find our purpose. Our purpose is to love God and love people. And so since we know that, let's be freaking awesome at the wilderness. Let's be freaking awesome at this temporal life. And that's what I mean when I say the wilderness, because the temporal life sucks sometimes. The temporal life can be great and the temporal life can be bad. But if you're great at it, you can help people. And that's what the whole purpose of being in this life is about. It's about helping people. So what would life look like if you changed your perspective on your wilderness seasons? If we all did, can you imagine the level of joy, the level of creativity, uh, the level of surrender of winning? What could that look like if we all just shifted our perspective? It would look incredible. We'd be a company of believers who actually stopped focusing on ourselves and our gain and instead became focused on the kingdom and and the king. It would be game changing. And the result is (laughs) we become flipping bare grills of this whole wilderness thing. There's a story in the Old Testament uh, where Moses sends spies into the promised land, and there's giants there. Uh, Also, there is awesomeness and food and plenty of everything, but there are massive giants. And two of the spies are encouraged, and uh, everyone, and and they come back, and they just, they overlook all the kind of craziness about it, and there's only one, you know, they're just focused on the good. And the other ten literally freak out that they see the giants and the other people inhabiting the land. And um, as a result, they come back and they talk everybody out of going to the promised land. And they spend the next 40 years wandering the desert due to their fear and unbelief. And you can find this story in Numbers if you want to read it. But I'm going to read a small portion, okay? So it says, uh, they went out to the land where uh, you sent us. No, we went out into the land. I'm starting in verse 27. We went out to the land where you sent us. 
uh, it really is a land of flowing of milk and honey. Here's some of its fruit, and they gave it to them. But the people who live here are strong, and the cities have walls, and they're very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the mountain region, and the Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan River. Caleb told the people, be quiet and listen to Moses, Caleb said. Let's go down and take possession of the land. We should be more able. We should be more than able to conquer it. But the men who had gone with him said, we can't attack those people. They're too strong for us. So they began to spread lies among the Israelites uh, that had explored. And they said, the land we explored is one that devours those who live there. And all the people we saw there are very tall. We saw the Nephilim and we felt as grasshoppers. And that's how we have looked to them. It says that they began to spread lies among the Israelites about the land they had explored. See, that's what fear does. Fear of the unknown, fear of wilderness seasons, fear of being uncomfortable actually affects other people. That's why this message of no, uh, this nomad message matters, because if you don't get yourself in check, you're going to affect other people. They wandered the wilderness for 40 years because these guys. Side note, the Israelites left slavery, um, had this like really awesome moment, and then back into the wilderness. Then they had this like really awesome moment at the Red Sea, and then they went back into the wilderness. Then they had a lot of epic moments, and then they got to the promised land, and then they went back into the wilderness. And possibly uh, they'd have to deal with some more wilderness issues because people were in the land. Look, you will always have some kind of wilderness to deal with. Life will always walk you through some type of wilderness. You just have to change your perspective and see it as a God opportunity to build you and bless you. God was trying to bless them. He was trying to bless them with a promise. He was trying to bless them with a foundation and land, and and they looked at it out of fear. I don't know who's out there today and listening to this, but I don't know what you're facing today. And you're looking at the walls and the people that maybe have encroached on your promise. And instead of you believing that God's the one that brought you there, you're running back into a wilderness when really God's calling you to the next. Every piece of this journey is drawing you closer. It's drawing us closer to who we are. And it's bringing you closer to God. Wouldn't that be awesome? Listen to me. It's drawing you closer to God. Every single thing you walk through, exile, wilderness, seasons, may make you feel like you're in captivity, but it's like a beautiful captivity. Go back and read Jeremiah 24 from last week. You may feel like you've been thrown into some crazy season, but the Bible says his eyes are watching over you. He is writing a plan for your redemption. Uh, He is building you up in a season where he's putting his name on your life. Don't you want people to see you and encounter you and know that you belong to God? I do. I don't want people to know me for anything else, but man, she loves Jesus. I remember there was a season where I was uh, singing all the time. I I, I had several albums in my 20s and I I wanted to be a musician. And I remember when I first started singing, it would make me feel so good when everybody would be like, oh my God, oh my God, you have such a great voice. You're such a great songwriter. And be like, cool, cool, I've made it. But this one time, this older lady walked up to me, I had to be maybe 19 years old. And she said, uh, Man, kid, you're very, you're very anointed. And I remember thinking to myself, I, 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 I'd rather be anointed than talented. It was like, God, what do I got to do to cultivate your anointing on my life? What do I have to do to cultivate your presence, your fragrance? God, everything that you are, God. People, when they encounter Jesus, they didn't go, that guy's like a really, he's really handsome. He's just like a really good speaker. He's amazing. No, they were like, something's with this dude. He just loves people. He does things off the charts. Like, there's something about the way this guy loves people. 
And just like back in my 20s, like I, I was I was looking for validation in the wrong thing. Like wilderness seasons push and crush you, man. Oil comes after the crushing, pushes you and crushes you into a place where all that remains is who you really are. And who we all are are kids who belong to Jesus. Some of us just say yes and some of us don't. And just like the 12 spies in the story I read, you have to have an understanding uh, to see the wilderness as a place that you can thrive and uh, not focus on the problems instead of the blessing. And if all you see are giants instead of the fact that God has brought you into the promised land, all you'll see is the adversity instead of the opportunity. Man, I'm going to read. I got. I wrote that down. Let me let me read that again. Hold on. Let me. All you'll see are giants. If you all you see are giants instead of the fact that God has brought you out of the promised land, all you'll see is the adversity instead of the opportunity. Look, I just want you to change your perspective. That's what this book's about. That's everything. Literally, my life. I'll be 38 in 12 days. 38 years old. Oh my God, I'll have been in ministry 20 years. 20 years. It doesn't even feel like that. I still feel 22. But everything I've written, everything I'm saying to you, everything that I have walked through, everything I'm trying to save you from is because I've been living this nomadic existence because I believe if I can encourage you and change your perspective and help you find hope in the dust of the desert, not only will it impact those around you, but it'll mold your character. And there's enough people out there influencing and, and, and influencing people, but not impacting people. There's a difference. Okay, so you know how everyone in the world, they're like, I'm an influencer. I'm just really an influencer. That's cool. That's not a real job. Anyways, that's a whole different podcast for another day. Um, when I think of influence, I think of a person driving a car and I influence you to get off on an exit. But I was in a horrible car accident a couple years ago and... Um, the impact of it, it, it scarred me, man. It, it, I had to crawl out of the car. Uh, the car didn't even look like the car when it was said and done. Um, an impact was so much more than, than an influence and influence is great. You can influence people for good and you can influence, influence people for health. You can influence people for a lot of things, but I want, I want an impact. I think it was T.D. Jakes who said recently, I don't want to be famous, I want to be impactful. And um, I don't know, I have to go back and watch that interview. But guys, the wilderness makes us impactful. It makes us able to uh, encourage people and have an understanding of how to encourage people. Ugh. It's easy to have hope when you have a bird's eye view. You know, it's it's easy to have hope when everything's going good, but if you choose to see and have hope amongst the dust, amongst things that are hard, it changes people. It changes you. It changes your perspective. The wilderness changes everything. It's like water. If you don't have it, you only last a few days. If you don't have an understanding of how to deal with hard things, guys, then you'll be a person who's bitter. You'll be a person who's not successful. You'll be a person who blames people. And you, all your vision and all your thoughts and all your dreams will be focused on on the wrong thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've said this in a podcast before. Um, but like legacies, the kind of legacies that impact eternity are the ones where people have... How do I say this? I said this one time really, really poignantly and really articulately, but, you know, I'm just 
running on three hours of sleep, so it's not going to be. But I think people that only try to attain things don't leave a legacy. People that build up people leave a legacy. Because I don't want my life, I don't want your life, I don't want us as a team, as an I Cry in Corners gang, to leave this earth and all people said about us is we were creative or we had a lot of stuff. I want us to leave this earth and people go, God, they loved me. Man, they encouraged me. In a season where I felt like I had no one, where I was living in a place that was uninhabited, that was hard, that was difficult, this person loved me. That's what I'm trying. That's like my life message. I just want to teach you how to love people. Just love people. God, what would that look like if we stopped arguing over stupidities? If we actually loved each other? See, the spies panicked. I think it was Bill Johnson once that said there are two perspectives. You either look at things through love or you look at things through fear. And the spies looked at things through fear. And all they cared about was how they felt in the midst of the adversity feelings. All they cared about is what they felt. Nomads, gangsters of the wilderness, people who understand crying in corners, they focus on the big picture, not how they feel. It's not about your feelings, y'all. But if we're all, if we're all just focused on the right things, look, truth. There were giants, there were randos there encroached on the promise. Um, It was hard, it was going to take some work, but God is bigger than the giants. God was not worried about the people that were there. God was not scared of the things that were hard, and you should not be scared of the things that are hard. I don't know what you're walking through, what giants, what randos are staying or hanging out and pitched a tent in your promise. I don't know what's too hard that you don't want to do the work, but I'm telling you, if you step into everything that God's called you to and you are okay with things being hard, man, oh my gosh, you'll change the world world. Don't be scared of the wilderness. It's your home. Welcome. You'll be here until eternity. So get awesome at it. I once heard someone say, I really trust uh, that you don't need community in the wilderness to survive. You need God in the wilderness to survive. And that's what I'm trying to explain to you. That's why I wrote this book. All you need is Jesus. All you need is Jesus. So don't be afraid. God is with you. And I am cheering you on. Uh, The wilderness is not something to be frightened of. It's meant to be embraced. Uh, And you can thrive here. You will inspire people here. And God's plan and purpose and provision can be found right here in the temporal life. It matters, guys. This message matters. and You need to get it. Uh, The wilderness, exile, we're all in it to eternity. And uh, I want you to thrive here. So no matter what you're going through, just know someone loves you. Jesus loves you. And I am cheering you on. And, um, yeah, that's really all I got. Okay, talk to you soon. Love you, weirdos.